This is the Music Halls of Fame podcast. This week, we honor the year in music for 2012, along with a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame class of 2012. We also make the case for putting the B-52s into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, plus our Spotlight Hall of Fame is the Country Music Hall of Fame and Museum in Nashville, Tennessee. Before we get going with the podcast, like everyone tells you, please like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell so you'll know when these podcast episodes drop, which is usually every Thursday. Now, on to this week's episode. The year was 2012. 2012 was a very strange year. Most of it was spent by people worrying about that year's version of the QAnon conspiracy theory, the Mayan calendar apocalypse. Remember that one? That was when the world was going to end on December 21st because the Mayan calendar had ended and it was prophesied that the world would end because the Mayans didn't bother to run out to their local Hallmark store in order to get a new calendar. They even made a disaster movie about it starring John Cusack. I mean, people lost their ever-loving minds over this. Some people even committed suicide because of it. All they had to do was just flip the calendar over to the next year. Anywho, in music for the year, there was surprisingly little in the way of drama aside from the number of big-name artists who passed away, but we'll get to that later. The best-selling album of the year was a holdover from 2011. It was Adele's 21. Other best-selling albums of the year included Taylor Swift's Red, Frank Ocean's Orange, Ed Sheeran's Plus, One Direction's Up All Night, and also their album Take Me Home, Mumford & Sons' Babel as hipster folk rock ruled that year, Justin Bieber's Believe, Carrie Underwood's Blown Away, Jason Aldean's Night Train, Luke Bryan's Tailgates and Tan Lines, and Lionel Richie's Tuskegee, the last four albums being country albums, which was also a huge music genre that year. Kai and Kimbria had the biggest single of the year with somebody that I used to know. Other top songs were Carly Rae Jepsen's Call Me Maybe, Taylor Swift's We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together, Maroon 5's Payphone, Rihanna's Diamond, Fun's We Are Young, Nicki Minaj's Starships, The Luminaires' Ho Hey, Flow Riders' Wild Ones, and Kanye West's Mercy. In country music, the country music town of Branson, Missouri was heavily damaged by a tornado that ripped through it that year. The Nashville Network also started back up in 2012. Randy Travis had a number of mental health issues that culminated in a struggle with police during an arrest in 2012. Big albums that came out that year included Taylor Swift's Red, Carrie Underwood's Blown Away, Rascal Flatts Change, Colt Ford's Declaration of Independence, Tim McGraw's Emotional Traffic, Florida Georgia Line's Here's to Good Times, Derek Bentley's Home, Josh Turner's Punching Bag, Alan Jackson's 30 Miles West, and Little Big Town's Tornado. 
There were 30 songs that hit number one on the country music charts for 2012, and those included the aforementioned Taylor Swift's We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together, but also her song Ours. Also, Florida Georgia Lines Cruise, the band Perry's All Your Life, Rascal Flatts Banjo, Eric Church's Drink In My Hand, and his song Springsteen. Kenny Chesney's Come Over, Blake Shelton's Drink On It, and Luke Bryan's Drunk On You. In hip-hop, it was the year that the Tupac hologram happened during Coachella, which was literally smoke and mirrors, but it looked really cool at the time. Big albums that came out in 2012 included ones by Nicki Minaj, Kendrick Lamar, Rick Ross, Good Music, T.I., Meek Mill, Nas, 2 Chains, Wiz Khalifa, and Cool Savas and Xavier Nado. Big singles included Flo Rida's Whistle, I Cry, Wild One, and Good Feeling. He had four huge hip-hop hits. Kanye and Jay-Z's N-Word in Paradise, Tyga's Rack City, Drake and Rihanna's Take Care, Snoop Dogg and Wiz Khalifa's Young, Wild, and Free, Gym Class Heroes, Stereo Hearts, and Big Sean's Dance. Speaking of dance, in dance music, 2012 was the year of the superstar DJ as EDM took center stage and clubs in Las Vegas were tripping all over themselves trying to sign DJs to multi-million dollar residency contracts. Porter Robinson exploded onto the EDM scene as did Knife Party, Nervo, Disclosure, and Rudimental. Among the albums that were released in 2012 were Dead Mouse's Title Goes Here, Andrew Weatherall's A Masterpiece and Hot Chips in Our Heads. Classic EDM songs in 2012 that are still played to this day include Chase and Status's Pieces, Icona Pop and Charlie XCX's I Love It, Afrojack and Eva Simon's Take Over Control, Dead Mouse's The Velt, Bowers' viral hit Harlem Shake, thanks to a social media video trend, Knife Party's Internet Friends, and also their song Bonfire, the Tiesto remix of Got Ye and Kimbria's Somebody That I Used to Know, Disclosure's Latch, Cruella's Alive, Calvin Harris and Florence Welsh's Sweet Nothings, Zed's Clarity, Calvin Harris and Neo's Let's Go, Avicii and Nicky Romero's I Could Be The One, Zed and Haley Williams's Stay The Night, Swedish House Mafia's Don't You Worry Child, and also their song Greyhound, Paul Van Dyke's Eternity, Nora M. Pure's Come With Me, Avicii's Silhouettes, Tiesto's remix of Coldplay's Paradise, Calvin Harris and Ellie Goulding's I Need Your Love, Ingrusso and Alesso's Calling, Skrillex's Bangarang, and Martin Solvig's The Night Out. In Latin music, the biggest selling albums and singles were released by Romeo Santos, Prince Royce, Three Ball, MTY, Jenny Rivera, who sadly passed away in a plane accident that year, which was why she was so popular that year, Don Omar, Ricardo Arjona, La Arroyadora, Banda El Limon, Mana, Gerardo Ortiz, Wisen and Yando, Juan Megon, Mikel Taylo, Daddy Yankee, and Espinosa Paz. Broadway musicals and revivals of Broadway musicals included A Christmas Story the Musical, Annie, Bring It On the Musical, Elf the Musical, Fela, 
Evita, Ghost the Musical, Jesus Christ Superstar, Kinky Boots, Newsies the Musical, Once, and Gershwin's Porgy and Bess. Musical movies that were released in 2012, animated or live action, included Barbie, the Princess and the Pop Star, I Kissed a Vampire, Scooby-Doo, Music of the Vampire, Pitch Perfect, Rock of Ages, Sparkle, Les Miserables, Joyful Noise, and Switchmas. Groups that formed in 2012 included Dan and Shay, Haim, Emblem 3, Fifth Harmony, The Vamps, The Chainsmokers, Paris, and Ex-Ambassadors. Groups that either broke up until their inevitable reunions or announced their hiatus included Diddy Dirty Money, Buffalo Springfield, The Beastie Boys, The David Crowder Band, The Dubliners, Hole, Creed, NXS, Jet, MC5, Selena Gomez, and The Scene, Ween, LMFAO, The Foo Fighters, Stained, Gorillas, Incubus, Rage Against the Machine, Scissor Sisters, and The Black Eyed Peas. At least seven of those groups got back together by 2022. Groups that actually got back together in 2012 included 98 Degrees, The Afghan Wigs, the classic lineup of The Beach Boys, Garbage, The Jonas Brothers, Matchbox 20, The Monkees, No Doubt, The Replacements, and Van Halen. There was one artist birthday that happened in 2012, Jay-Z and Beyonce's daughter, Blue Ivy Carter. Famous artists who passed away in 2012 included singers Whitney Houston, the aforementioned Jenny Rivera, Etta James, Bob Welsh, Jazz Master, Dave Brubeck, Donna Summer, Davy Jones of the Monkees, Levon Helm of the band, Robin Gibb of the Bee Gees, Daniel Pell of the Corporation, guitarist Tony Sly of No Use for a Name, host Dick Clark from American Bandstand, rapper MCA, better known as Adam Yauch of the Beastie Boys, and entertainer Andy Williams. In awards for the music of 2012, Mumford & Sons won the Grammy Award for Album of the Year for Babel. Got Ye and Kimbria won Record of the Year for somebody that I used to know. Fun won Song of the Year for We Are Young, and they also won Best New Artist. At the American Music Awards, Justin Bieber was Artist of the Year. At the Billboard Music Awards, Taylor Swift was Artist of the Year. At the MTV Video Music Awards, Video of the Year went to Rihanna and Calvin Harris for We Found Love. Frank Ocean won Album of the Year for Orange. And Tyrese won Best Song for Stay at the Soul Train Music Awards. Taylor Swift, Katy Perry, The Wanted, Maroon 5, One Direction, Jason Mraz, Nicki Minaj, and Christina Aguilera all won the music categories at the People's Choice Awards. At the Eurovision Singing Contest, which was held in Azerbaijan that year, Laureen from Sweden won for the song Euphoria. Blake Shelton won Entertainer of the Year at the Country Music Association Awards, and Luke Bryan won Entertainer of the Year at the Academy of Country Music Awards. Emily Sand won Best British Album for Our Version of Events, and Adele won Best Song for Skyfall at the Brit Awards. Carly Rae Jepsen won Best Album for Kiss, while Carly Rae also won Best Song for Call Me Maybe, and Leonard Cohen won Artist of the Year at the Juno Awards. Got Ye won Album of the Year for Mirrors, and Matt Corby won Single of the Year for Brother at the ARIA Music Awards. 
at the Tony Awards, once won Best Musical and Porgy and Best won Best Revival of a Musical. The Pulitzer Prize for Music was won by Kevin Putz and Mark Campbell for Silent Night. Musically at the Academy Awards, Adele and Paul Epworth won Best Song for Skyfall from the James Bond movie of the same name, and Michael Dana won Best Original Score for Life of Pi. Alt-J won the Mercury Music Prize for the album An Awesome Wave. The 2012 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony was held on April 14th at Public Auditorium in Cleveland, Ohio. Axl Rose was a no-show for Guns N' Roses' inductions, as his feud with Slash was still going on at that point. During the ceremony, the Hall inducted some backup bands to make up for the fact that these bands weren't inducted at the same time as their famous frontmen. They inducted Gene Vincent's band, the Blue Caps, Bill Haley's band, the Comets, Buddy Holly's band, the Crickets, Hank Ballard's band, the Midnighters, Smokey Robinson's vocal group, the Miracles, and James Brown's group, the Famous Flames. They inducted Cosimo Matassa, Tom Dowd, and Glenn Johns into the Award for Musical Excellence category. The Hall inducted manager and music publisher Don Kirshner into the Non-Performer category, and Freddie King into the Early Influencers category. And in the Performers category, the Hall inducted The Faces slash Small Faces, Laura Nero, Guns N' Roses, Donovan, The Beastie Boys, and this next group. The Red Hot Chili Peppers, originally known as Tony Flo and the Miraculously Majestic Masters of Mayhem, formed in 1983 when Anthony Kiedis and Flea met in Fairfax High School in Los Angeles, California. Their sound was always alternative rock mixed in with a little funk. In fact, they're one of the few bands to never really change their sound in 25 years and still maintain their fan base. The first lineup of the band featured lead singer Anthony Kiedis, bassist Flea, guitarist Hillel Slovak, and drummer Jack Irons. That lineup stayed pretty steady through their first three albums, The Red Hot Chili Peppers, Freaky Styley, and The Uplift Mofo Party Plan, with Cliff Martinez replacing Jack Irons for three years in the 1980s. Slovak ended up passing away from an accidental heroin overdose in 1988, which also led to Irons leaving the band. The band replaced both members with guitarist John Frusciante and drummer Chad Smith, with Smith pretty much staying there ever since, give or take a year or two. Flea and Kiedis, who had been using drugs at the time, decided to finally get help for their addictions. In 1989, they released the album Mother's Milk. It was the first time that they had tasted mainstream success as their cover of Stevie Wonder's song Higher Ground charted. Their biggest success came with their next album, 1991's Blood Sugar Sex Magic. That album had the hits Under the Bridge, Give It Away, Suck My Kiss, and Breaking the Girl. The band went through a couple more lineup changes, including Frusciante coming and going twice, guitarist Dave Navarro joining in for about a year, and Josh Klinghoffer replacing Frusciante for about a decade. All the while, the band continued their hot streak with Californication, By the Way, I'm With You, Stadium Arcadium, and The Getaway. 
They've maintained their fan base to this day with their style of alternative funk rock and high-energy concerts with their current lineup being their ever-present frontman, Kiedis, Flea on bass, Smith on drums, and now again, Frusciante on guitar. The Red Hot Chili Peppers are one of the biggest alternative rock acts of all time with claimed sales of over 80 million albums worldwide. They've released 13 studio albums, 2 live albums, 12 compilation albums, and 5 EPs. Of those, 13 hit the top 40, with 10 hitting the top 10, including 2006's Stadium Arcadium and 2022's Unlimited Love, both of which hit number 1. They also released 66 singles. Of those, 32 hit the top 40 on the pop and alternative charts, with 26 hitting the top 10, including 12 number ones. They've also been nominated for 90 various awards, winning 25 of them, including four American Music Awards, three Billboard Music Awards, three Brit Awards, six Grammy Awards, and 10 MTV Video Music Awards. With the good, however, comes the bad, unfortunately, so we would be remiss if we did not mention the multiple issues concerning alleged underage sex and sexual assault and abuse allegations that have been filed against the members of the band as well, for they are rather numerous considering. Presented for induction by comedian Chris Rock. Anthony Kiedis, Chad Smith, Cliff Martinez, Flea, Hillel Slovak, Jack Irons, John Frusciante, and Josh Klinghoffer. The Red Hot Chili Peppers, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Class of 2012. And I have put some of the Red Hot Chili Peppers music onto a YouTube music playlist for this podcast. The link is in the show notes. Before we go any further, we'd like to tell you about our other podcast, the Music History Today podcast, where we go over the events, music releases, births, and passings for that day in music history. The Music History Today podcast drops each and every day, including on the weekends, on this channel, the Music History Today Network, and also on our Music History Today Network YouTube page. Now, back to the Music Halls of Fame podcast. This week, we're going to take a look at the case for putting the B-52s into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. As always, to the tale of the tape we go. The B-52s released seven studio albums, one EP, six compilation albums, and three live albums. Out of those, six of those went top 40, with four of those going to the top 20, and one of those, 1989's Cosmic Thing, hitting the top five and was their biggest selling album to date. They also had 31 singles. Of those, five went top 40 with two of those, 1989's Love Shack and 1990's Rome, both from their 1989 album Cosmic Thing, going to number three, never hitting number one. 
As far as their influence goes, since the Rock Hall voters like that sort of thing, both they, Widespread Panic, and R.E.M. came out of the Athens, Georgia music scene, which influenced alternative music in the 1980s and 90s, along with the college radio scene. The phrase college radio was used back in the day to mean alternative music or to mean virtually anything that college radio stations would play that pop and rock stations wouldn't, i.e. alternative and hip-hop. The B-52s, In Excess, Widespread Panic, and a bunch of other artists, including hip-hop artists, got their start on college radio long before they ever crossed over into the mainstream radio stations. In fact, In Excess, as pop as they were, were actually the darlings of college radio back in the early to mid-80s. Then they went over into the mainstream. The B-52s kind of worked out that way as well. They were the darlings of alternative radio, and then they finally got popular when Cosmic Thing came out. The B-52s also directly influenced John Lennon to come out of retirement. According to interviews, back in the late 1970s, John heard the group's cult classic song, Rock Lobster, and thought that it was a great song. He also thought that the song sounded a lot like the music that he and Yoko Ono used to make, so if the B-52s could do it and be a cult band and be at least relatively popular, then maybe it was time for his music to finally come back. At least that's according to interviews given at the time. What John and other groups like Timbuk3 and They Might Be Giants were influenced by were the quirky lyrics and the pop culture references of B-52 bandmates Fred Schneider, Kate Pearson, who was also the female voice on R.E.M.'s 1991 hit Shiny Happy People, by the way, Keith Strickland, and the Wilson siblings, Cindy, and her late older brother Ricky, who passed away from AIDS in 1985 before they hit superstardom with Cosmic Thing. When you consider the groups who have been put into the hall, especially lately, you begin to wonder why the B-52s have not been put into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame by now. Between their commercial success and their influence on the alternative music scene, then you have to figure that the B-52s certainly deserve entry into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And to show you what I'm talking about, I have put their music onto the YouTube Music Podcast playlist as well for you to check out. The link, like I said before, is in the show notes. This week's Spotlight Hall of Fame is the Country Music Hall of Fame and Museum, which is located in Nashville, Tennessee. The Country Music Hall of Fame Museum was actually opened on April 1st, 1967, but they started inducting members into the hall in 1961. The museum has almost 200,000 recordings and an extensive collection of memorabilia. The museum is located at 222 Fifth Avenue South and is open daily from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Ticket prices are anywhere between $25 to $40, depending on packages. Kids 6 through 12 are $16, and the Hall of Fame is one of Nashville's biggest tourist attractions. 
Go to countrymusichalloffame.org for more information, along with updated ticket pricing and hours of operation, since things sometimes shift according to the weather, and you may also have to reserve your tickets in advance these days. We'll put the link to the Hall of Fame in the show notes. Sam Phillips was born on January 5, 1923 in Florence, Alabama. He started working at a radio station in Muscle Shoals, Alabama as an announcer and engineer during the Great Depression in order to help his family pay the bills. His family, when he was growing up, had a farm. It was during that time that he fell in love with R&B, the blues, and gospel as the farm workers sang those songs in the fields. At the radio station where he first worked, they played those songs along with the usual standards of the day, which gave him the idea to help springboard those types of music once he changed radio stations and moved to Memphis, Tennessee in 1945. In 1950, Sam opened up the Memphis Recording Service Studio, where he let guys like B.B. King, Howling Wolf, Ike Turner, Bobby Blubland, and Junior Parker record. In 1952, he opened up Sun Record Company, which became his own record label. The way things worked back in the day was this. Musicians would come in and record the songs, then Sam would sell the songs to the bigger record labels. It was a pretty decent living at the time. During this time, though, Sam realized something. He wanted R&B and the blues to be loved by everybody, regardless of race. But he also knew that in order to get the music to go to the mainstream, he would need to find artists with an image to sell it. One day in 1953, Elvis Presley walked into Sun Records in order to record a couple of songs. Sam wasn't actually in the studio that day, but another person who was there, radio personality Marion Kesker, was, and talked Sam into listening to Elvis sing. Sam then invited Elvis to come back and record. Together, they found a few guys to play with, and one night they were fooling around and playing a blues song called That's Alright. They decided to record it and give it to a local DJ who played the song three days later. The radio station switchboard lit up, wondering who the singer was, and that was only the beginning. Another artist who joined the label was Roy Orbison. Roy was born in Texas in 1936. When he was six years old, he was given a guitar. Roy started playing in a band called the Wink Westerners, who played country songs and also had their own local radio show. When he finished high school, he went to North Texas State College. His idea at the time was to study geology so that he could work in the oil fields if this whole music thing didn't work out the way he wanted it to. But once he heard that fellow North Texas State College student Pat Boone had gotten a record contract, Roy resolved to do the exact same thing. Roy ended up transferring to Odessa Junior College. While there, he and what remained of the Wink Westerners at the time played dances on the weekends and had a local TV show. And one day, Johnny Cash stopped by to perform on the TV show. He suggested that the group audition for Sam Phillips at Sun Records. Sam, unfortunately, turned them down flat. Around this time, Roy and his band actually got a better TV gig with a bigger station. 
they changed the name of the band to the Teen Kings. And since Sun Records didn't take them originally, the group decided to record a song that Roy had written a few years earlier while at North Texas State College called Ooby Doobie. Once they released it on J-Well Records, the song actually took off. It also got noticed by Sam Phillips, who only months earlier had actually turned the group down for a contract. But this time, Sam said yes, because nothing says come on over to my record label like success at someone else's record label. Go figure, it was the same group with the same song. Anywho... The Teen Kings re-recorded Ooby Doobie for Sun Records, and the song went to number 59 on the Billboard Singles Chart. The group ended up splitting up, but Roy decided to stay at Sun Records. Two other artists who made their names recording for Sam were Johnny Cash and Jerry Lee Lewis, and those four recording artists made up what would be coined the Million Dollar Quartet, and all would go on to have amazing careers, helping to establish the foundation for what is now called rock and roll. Sam would famously sell Elvis's contract to RCA Records for $35,000, and as the years went on, Sam lost interest in the recording studio. Eventually, it was taken over by his sons. Don't feel bad for Sam, though. This is not Pete Best being kicked out of the Beatles to make way for Ringo Starr now. See, Sam took that $35,000 that he got from selling Elvis's contract and he invested it into a local hotel chain that was just starting up at the time. That hotel chain, by the way, was Holiday Inn. Might have heard of it. It made Sam rich, really rich, a multi-multi-millionaire. Not bad for a kid from the Great Depression. Sam Phillips unfortunately passed away on July 30, 2003 in Memphis, Tennessee at the ripe old age of 80 years old from respiratory failure, unfortunately. Sam has been inducted into more than a few Hall of Fames, including the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the Blues Hall of Fame, and also the Country Music Hall of Fame. Sam Phillips inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame in Nashville, Tennessee in 2001. The Music Halls of Fame podcast is part of the Music History Today network, which can be found under Music History Today on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts from, and also on our YouTube page under Music History Today. Thank you very much for listening.